Yes, people, it's episode 247 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? It is Sunday, the 20, what? 24th of October. Um, and we're chilling. We're stationary this time. We're not driving around uh, like we was in the previous pod. Uh, not in one spot. And um, not much to talk about this one. If I guess like the last pod, I would have had more to talk about. I wasn't able to do a dear dear dream. Whereas this pod, I'm able to... I'm probably going to have to do loads of dear dear dreams. I haven't really got much to talk about. I mean, what's going on? What's been going on in your week? I guess my week, um, I guess the standout moment is Thursday. I was at the British Comedian of the Year semi-final uh, where I didn't progress from the heats. Um, which I'm fuming about. No, <laughs> no there's, I posted a review of it, the Nottingham uh, Comedy Review. Wrote a really nice review about me. And then I'm surprisingly overlooked. It was an audience vote. And, you know, sometimes you get the audience, sometimes you don't. But, um, hey, performed well. And the people who went through as well, fantastic. So shout out to Andy Askins and Lindsay Santoro. They were really good. So there's not much I can really complain about. I just really wanted to get to the final. And then if I got to the final, not one, I would have said I really wanted to win. Basically, I wanted to win. I wanted the £10,000 cash. Um, it's not about the comedy or the craft, because it's a competition. Uh, so it's about the winning. That's what it's about. If it was about the craft, I would just perform gigs, which I will have to do, which I always do. But I'm just saying, while it's a competition, then it's very much about winning. You know? It's all about the taking part. Mm-mm. Even my mum said that. My mum's like, sweetest lady. And she said, I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. It's not about the taking part. It's like, don't don't even take part if not try to win. And I was like, I respect on that. You know what I mean? So that's that's what it was. But um, yeah, got knocked out of that. Um, I guess Wednesday before, gigging, performing. Uh, on the Wednesday in preparation of the Thursday. Start, like I said, started a new job on Monday. Um which is it's been fun none none of my bosses are in yet so it's been a bit you know just kind of started easy week but just trying to um you know get to grips with things get my head around a new business uh completely not a complete new industry returning to an industry um some of you know what industry i work in worked in before um it's not a secret it was property development so i've gone back into property development I'm still still finance, but property development. So back into that. So that's um, that's interesting. And do what's funny. Um, obviously announced my move on the famed LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's become a right piece of crap now, hasn't it? People are posting a whole bag of shit. I think it's because people have been at home. They've let the you know the, the professional and the personal bleed into each other so whereas linkedin people used to post you know hey mike abc limited we've released this new product it's really great to have worked be part of this team so everything's really about the company or the business or, or work even if you're not uh, employed like you're an author your, your books are about work yeah um then maybe you can maybe talk about work-life balance maybe but now it's people just like putting polls about anything and everything um there's a lot of banter chat really i saw um wait was that linkedin it actually was i think it was actually linkedin 
which I'm, I'm confused because it does, but it was LinkedIn. David Hay obviously has Haymaker Management. He's the, he's the CEO of that. He posted a picture of something and then someone was asking, when are you going to fight this person? When are you going to fight that person? He's like, oh, you can post about all this when you're fighting this person. I swear he's big enough his son. And people in the comments chatting shit about boxing, about who he's fighting. It's like, guys, this, this ain't Instagram. This ain't Twitter. Calm yourselves. Keep professional. You've literally got your job title. I mean, manager of this, director of that, and you're there chatting nonsense as a representative of your company. Because it's, it's, for me, it's different. Like if you're on Twitter and Instagram and you're chatting nonsense, you know, you're, you're Dave Smith. You're Dave Smith chatting nonsense. Yeah, Dave Smith works for your company and stuff, and Dave Smith has a job. And all right, Dave Smith racially abused a footballer. Yeah, now we need to find out where he works. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need to be sacked, but his employer needs to, this is the guy who employed. Fine. When you're on LinkedIn, to me, I've always felt like when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm at work. Like, I wouldn't feel any way if someone saw me scrolling on LinkedIn at my desk. I wouldn't feel like, oh, you've caught me doing something. I'd just be like, oh, yeah. So I'm just looking at LinkedIn. If you saw me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter while I was work, I'm like, okay, yeah, this ain't, this don't look good. But uh, to be on LinkedIn, yeah. So I think of it as work and just see people acting like that's nuts. But anyway, the point I was making is I posted my new job. Um, so the the job title is a pretty fancy title. <laughs> and the funny thing about LinkedIn is you can see who's looked at your your profile. That's the fun thing. So you can see you looked at it. Um, so the thing is, if you look at someone's profile, you... You better feel comfortable that they know you've looked at it. So if you're out there being a little creep looking at someone's profile, they're gonna know. But um, what was funny though is recruiters. So you know, because my previous job title was very ambiguous. It was just, it was just accountant. That was my previous job title, really ambiguous. So I was getting, being offered crazy jobs that I just weren't qualified. I worked, I was either overqualified for or had. Comp- no experience in the field they wanted me to work in so it was very long whereas this new job title uh it's quite a grand title it's got the d word in it right and it's funny to see recruiters look who are trying to shop me terrible jobs <laughs> trying to shop me jobs that just like i, I don't want to do that like these these recruits that we've actually spoken I've spoken to, I was like there must be a job like this and this out there. Like, mm, it's gonna be difficult. Cool. Now they see me get this job, basically the job I described I wanted. It's interesting to see them. Look at that. Some recruiters have uh, just looked and not done anything. Our recruiters very smart. They've liked it. They dropped a message. Good luck. Well done. If you need anything in the future, let me know. That's the way to do it. That's the way to keep the person on side. Um, and then yeah that was it and I saw some former employees as well they gave me a cheer and a congratulations it's funny there's there some employees who have the same job title as who I used to have the same job title as look at my profile and didn't like or comment on it you don't have to like or comment but it does look a particular way if you don't <laughs> but we're all good and I will be coming back for a drink some point in the future and you'll have to see me face to face but it's all good it's all blessed and yeah so that's 
I've done this week. Um, what did I do yesterday? Yesterday was shopping. Shopping with the family. Um, downloaded a new app called Family Wall, if you know about this. Basically, my wife and I, um, we had a little bit of a tiff this week. Uh, you know, about the amount I'm out and the help needed at home, which totally fair, totally resolved it. That isn't the issue. But one of the more kind of trivial issues, trivial um, elements of the issue, so I'm not going to air our laundry. Some things need to stay within the marriage. One of the more trivial elements of it was um, my, my wife forgetting me saying when I would actually be out. So it's one thing being out and, you know, literally leaving her holding the baby. Um, but it's another thing to be out and then be told, be accused of you know, not letting them know and he's like, no, but I, I did let you know. I, I did. And then she was like, oh, yeah, no, you did. It was just annoying that I'd forgot. So he's like, look, how about we just download an app? It's called Family Wall. And what is, you can add as many people to it. And you basically see each other's calendars. You can put lists in there, like shopping lists, which is great. Because the amount of times her and I will come back from Tesco or an Asda or whatever. And we're like, oh, I didn't realise you was going there. Did you pick this up? It's like, no, I didn't know we needed that. It's like, ah, damn it. Whereas now, we put a little shopping list in there together. Got a little calendar in there together. It's awesome. I think it's really going to work. Although we're one day in using it. And my wife has already said, oh my God, I'm so over this shitty app. <laughs> Maybe because she ask me about something. I go, put it in the app. Put it in the calendar. Pull it in. She's like, oh god, it's just so long putting it in. It's like it's not long, and, and you put it in in the wrong color. She's like, oh, she's just she's just over it. It's funny though because all my stuff's in there, and some of our stuff, none of her stuff's in there. Yeah, and um, which she needs to put in, isn't it? And what's the point of this app? It's not just about tracking me, is it? Oh, have I been done? <laughs> no, but seriously, she needs to put it in there because um, if she's going out, like there's one thing, I know she's going out on like a little day rave. She hasn't put it in the calendar. I know she's going on a day rave, but it's like, you've got to pull it in because someone's got to look after the child. I know it's going to be me because I've already cleared the day, so I'm, I'm in. Not accepted any gigs that day as well, but fact remains is she hasn't put it in the calendar put it in get it in the calendar mate um all right what else has happened this week with me i think that's it with me though um yeah that's it with me um so what's been going on in the world what's going on with you guys in the world this crazy crazy world um i guess the most significant story that jumps in my head is alec baldwin uh shooting a cast member um, oh shit! It's Sheeran just tested positive for for COVID. Should probably tell my mate because he was hanging out with him backstage with Dave Chappelle. So um, <laughs> how about that? How about that? Um, maybe we should let him know. Hey mate, you know uh, Ed Sheeran's got got COVID, right? Get tested. But what was I just saying? Yeah, Alec Baldwin shooting. Um, a member of the production team. She's the head of photography. Uh, I can't can't remember her name. Um, with a prop gun. Now I learnt something very valuable today. Not today, but when I found out 
um, that I thought a prop gun would be a fake gun. Like, am I am I dumb for thinking that? Maybe I am, but it's what I thought. I thought a prop gun is a prop. Like, it's not real. Like, it may look real, then I'd pick it up. Like, oh, this ain't, this is really light. But apparently it's a real gun with fake bullets. So they should really be calling them real guns with prop bullets. But um, if you've ever been shot with a spud gun, so that's a real gun, but its mechanism is shoots bits of potato, you know that uh, the potato projectiles hurt a bit. Like a BB gun also hurts a bit. Um, so I don't understand why the gun needs to actually fire out projectiles. Now, granted, a prop gun's not meant to fire out projectiles. I think it's meant to have like a mechanism that basically explodes the the fake bullet upon leaving the chamber so you get the kind of feel of a gun and you know it allows the acting to be real but in a world where people can pretend to be wizards and superheroes can they not act in a way that you know pretends that the gun was real i don't understand um why that needs to be a real gun um, and yeah, so and I, I can understand what, how this person died. People start talking about Brandon Lee and uh, Bruce Lee's da- daughter, you know, Bruce Lee's son, um, who died simply through so a prop gun fired, and then you know whatever was meant to leave the chamber hadn't left the chamber. So then when they fired the second blank uh, f- shot, all the residue, all the all the debris that was in the chamber came flying out, basically mimicking a bullet. Because you think about what a bullet is, it's just a very solid projectile that's made in a very aerodynamic way, so it flies, shaped in a way that pierces the skin. Um, so, yeah, a gun with any kind of projectile, it's going to do some damage. And I think that's what may have happened on set of this film, Rust. I think it's called. Um, this is nuts. I mean, this article that I saw about it really had about two lines of boo-hoo, feel really bad for the woman. And the rest was really just describe what the film's about, um, which seems a bit tasteless. Um, Alec Baldwin naturally feels terrible. He's killed someone accidentally. Um, I would like to reach a position of power in, in life where if I were to shoot someone accidentally people would believe me and I could just apologise. I just feel like an average bloke may have to do a little bit more explaining. I mean, I know the police were there. I don't know how crimes really go. I've never had to deal with the police personally, but I'm just trying to think if I did murder someone accidentally, um, you know, real accident, I thought there was maybe still some kind of charge to answer, right? Like manslaughter is accidentally murdering someone, isn't it? Um, so I guess, now I guess if you remove all kind of expectations that you would kill someone. So if I went into Pret, picked up a coronation chicken sandwich, and then because of that, the shell flipped over, over a metal shard came out and cut someone in the throat then yes, I would, I'd want the police to look at CCTV, hear my account of the story, and go, okay, yeah, you've got no case to answer. Yeah, no, I guess that would happen. 
Um, but then what if I aimed a coronation chicken sandwich at someone, bit into it, and then a piece of chicken flew out and lodged into someone's throat and then they died? So yes, yeah, so I've just eaten it like, you know, face. I haven't, I'm not biting down into the sandwich. I head up as biting into the sandwich and for whatever reason, the piece of chicken flies out, lodges into someone's throat. And that again, I, I haven't had any intention of, of really killing anyone there. I've just bitten into my sandwich and it's got stuck in someone's throat. Yes, I can't be done for manslaughter there. I guess it's if I went to violently, if I went to ram the sandwich down someone's throat, um, but didn't think they'd die. I just wanted to cause them discomfort. And then they choked. I guess that would be manslaughter. Okay, no, we've worked it out. Well done, guys. We've, uh... <laughs> Not to trivialise someone's death. Just trying to work out why it was just, you know, hands washed and dealt with so quickly. But I've worked it out. Fair. Cool. No case to answer. Um... But yeah, that was that was crazy. I just I just still just find it odd though that those guns are there. I mean, apparently it's a low budget film. The, the cast and the team had walked off site before. They walked off set before. Uh, I think some of the members of the cast or the production team had been replaced by non-union members because they're moaning about the conditions. It's like we just want to carry on with this cheap production. And lo and behold, they've had an accident on on set. Um, and that's and that's I think that's the tragic thing, right? Is is you know for us on the outside it seems like a very tragic accident, but for those on set it seems like it was inevitable. Like something bad was always going to happen. I guess most of the time when you do cut corners, something bad doesn't actually happen. You know, like if you drive without insurance, you don't usually get caught. You know, if you drink drive, you don't actually crash that often. But it's when you do, when you do get caught without insurance when you do crash your car when you're drunk that's when the you know the the effects will be catastrophic so it's a rough one though real rough one for them um yeah man i guess uh i'm just i can't lie i'm just thinking about eating this coronation chicken sandwiches <laughs> someone someone suffering with that right what else has happened um in the world, let's see, nope, that's the wrong one, what's going on, 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 oh, that's what, yes, so, if you might, you might have seen what I retweeted, right, my friend, my comedy friend, Michael Akadiri, he reposted um, someone on the news, so the government are releasing people from prison to fill in the HGV driver shortage. Okay, so better admit that. So not everyone from prison is a bad person. They just committed a crime. That's fine. But on the news, right, the person they have who's been released from prison to drive a HGV is a man who's in prison, convicted. Ready for this? Of smuggling drugs using a lorry. I know a podcast isn't great when you have pauses, but can we just sit in that for a bit? There's just a few seconds of silence. Let me just say this again. 
the government are using HG prisoners, a prisoner, they're using prisoners in general. There's, you think there may be some vetting process of which prisoners they use, okay? You know? But no, they, they used one who is in prison for drug smuggling using a lorry. Granted, he's qualified to drive a lorry. I'll give the I'll give the government that. You can't have you don't have to train him, so that's cheaper cost. He's clearly but um Yeah. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe they need to have people who are qualified driving lorries. But the people who be in prison who are qualified driving lorries uh, will probably be in there for, yeah, drug, tra drug smuggling, people trafficking, um, vehicular manslaughter, you know, falling asleep at the wheel and just taking out a whole motorway carriage of people. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's a weird cross-section to find a prisoner who's trustworthy enough to be a haulier has the qualifications to be a haulier but hasn't done a crime that directly involves his license so, <laughs> like seriously this it's bizarre i think this government's undefeated i think we'll have a not just a tory government but i think i think we'll have this government for forever i don't think there's anything they can do to make this country not vote for them. They are so good. They're such a well-drilled machine. They all get on the same hymn sheet. They all sing from the same hymn sheet. They're all they're all on brand. And if they fuck up, they just all close ranks. You, yeah, you get sacked from, from the party, but we'll, we'll, don't worry, we'll sort you out. I don't think there's any former Tory MP that isn't living life well. And that's probably the case for Labour as well and other MPs. But what I'm saying is the Tory piece is like they can fuck up, whether it's a policy, whether it's a personal life, it doesn't matter. These guys are Teflon. And I feel with this latest latest policy, I feel like they are just flexing their muscle just to show you that we can literally do anything. We can literally do anything. So I just um I'm really impressed. I can't lie. I'm really impressed by them. <laughs> I'm just so impressed. Right, let's see what else. Uh, Start watching you, season three. That's what I've started doing. Um, what else has happened? What else has happened in the news? In the news? I mean, COVID rates are just flying up. Um, it's funny, I've seen like people getting, you know, Getting very excited about the idea of a future lockdown. Um, let me just take a sip of my drink. I think a few people go, if they do lockdown again, I'm not adhering to it. I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not following the guidelines. And I'm like, I respect your vigour, but if the country is locked down, as in shops are shut, what pro and pubs and restaurants, what process are you doing? Are you going to just rock up to restaurants and just bring your own food? own table and tablecloth start eating and be like I know you said you're shut but I ain't listening and like what what are you what what what's we doing I always wonder these people 
like you can't tell who's who now as well. Like I don't know if the people who are doing that have been vaccinated or not. Because I don't know if it's people who haven't been vaccinated and go, a bunny, it's not a real thing, I ain't got it yet, I've never got it, I'm living my life. Or is it people who've been vaccinated and go, listen, you've made me get vaccinated, yeah, I've been jabbed up twice, I've followed all your procedures, I've had enough. I don't know. So you're going to get this matrix of vaccinated, not vaccinated, down one side, and then pissed off and not pissed off. You know, I'm just trying to stay not pissed off, that's all. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely nuts. It's nuts, man. But yeah, are we going to have another lockdown? I don't know. I don't know. All the medical people say, yep, there needs to be a plan B. And um, as much as I'd like to shit on Boris about that, I guess he isn't only looking at it from a medical perspective, is he? Um, but I guess he hasn't really looked at it from any perspective by looking at all the numbers I mean, rolled out the vaccine the best, but if you look at co- reported new COVID cases, sky high in the UK compared to other countries. So, you know, I've rolled out a vaccine quickly, but it'd be interesting to know how many people have actually taken the vaccine in the sense of have, do they know who's taken it or have they done it on basically whoever's eligible for it, we count them as someone who's taken the vaccine. See what I mean? Let's say if there was 300,000 25 to 24 year olds because they're not eligible to take the vaccine do they go that's 300,000 people who've got the vaccine because there seems to be some kind of discrepancy between this flipping high vaccine uh, take up but then the increased cases unless the vaccine doesn't prevent you getting COVID which I think they've already said so that's not any kind of conspiracy theory there it just stops you from getting severe symptoms so i don't know i don't know um right let's see what else geez the world health organization 115,000 health workers died of covid since pandemic began this tragic this tragic Jeez, Canada unveils international travel vaccine passport. That's all the conspiracy theory said would happen. Shout out to them. Um, what else? Wait a minute. I, don't know, I can't see anything else worth talking about. All right, we're back. Um, right, what was I talking about? I don't think I was talking about anything useful. So let's get into the dear Deirdre's because uh, I'm going to drag the podcast out for no reason. Because there's nothing really going on in the world um, for me to discuss. That, um, oh, actually, um, elephants are evolving to be tuskless. That's, that was big news, I suppose. Um, I guess the elephants who have tusks are being murdered and killed out. Um, so they're not getting a chance to, to bang other tusky, tusky elephants. And now the only ones without tusks are... Um, Of of banging, so that's that's why sustainability is cool. If you are gonna, you know, rip something out the face of an animal, you should do it in a way that's humane. <laughs> oh dear, um, I just saw another headline. Adam Baldwin didn't know prop contained live ammunition. Why I don't understand what prop. I I really don't understand what prop means then. 
Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's get on to the dear Deirdre. Oh, whoops, no, no. Actually, I want to keep that stream alive. What's... Jesus, is that the score? I thought I'd catch up in the game and be like, oh, that's fine. Um, I mean, it's not a spoiler by the time this pod comes out, you'll know the score. It's Liverpool 5, Manchester United 0. I think that's Ollie done, isn't it? That's, that's Ollie out. If he keeps his job... After this, I I don't know. I mean, respect to him if he keeps his job. <laughs> Five. Nil. Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Um, shut that. That hasn't disrupted the recording. Hope not. Anyway, uh, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Um, dear Deirdre. Alright, dear Deirdre, I'm worried my boyfriend had sex with a man when I bailed on threesome. Jesus! Dear Deirdre, I thought my boyfriend and I would go the distance until he asked me for a threesome. Now I'm doubting how solid we are. We've been together for three years and I thought he was satisfied with me. I'm 43 and he's 46. Over the summer, he started to make sounds uh, that he was interested in involving someone else. I wasn't keen, so I laughed it off, telling him... He could only just about handle me. But recently he became more insistent, explaining he'd always wanted to have a threesome. He reassured me he still fancied me, and so I reluctantly agreed. See, most women hearing this is now going, oh, God, I hope this woman isn't younger than me. I hope this woman isn't, you know I mean, better looking than me, prettier than me. They're not thinking, it's a dude. Anyway, let's see. On condition that it would only be the once. He said he would arrange it all and asked me to trust him, and I agreed. Next, he came home one evening, all excited because ev- everything was sorted, and I just had to get dressed up for our threesome date. But arriving, but arriving in the smart bar, I was completely thrown when my boyfriend walked over to, to another man and introduced me. Jesus, she's preparing, going, oh, God, I've never really been with a girl before, but, mm, you know, I do like Rihanna. I think she's kind of sexy. I mean, mm, yeah, I will have to go down her. That's weird. And then you just see another dude. Like, your head's just not in the wrong place. Like, most women I know... I mean, I don't know if they, they might not be telling me the truth. Don't want to freeze them. If they were to have a freeze them, it probably would be with another woman because it's just... It's probably less dangerous. <laughs> this is mad. Next, he came home one evening. Um, so, yeah. But rather than smart, we'll do bit. Anyway, we had a couple of drinks and this guy was really good looking. But I had been expecting another woman. And this surprised me. My boyfriend could see I wasn't on form and checked I was still okay. I, I stupidly insisted that I was, even though inside I was panicking, that it must mean my boyfriend was actually gay. Because bisexuality doesn't exist with men in society. We know this is to be a fact in society. Uh, you, If you're a woman, you could go through a lesbian, whole lesbian phase, dating girls and exclusively between the age of 18 and 22. But now your ex-boyfriend, you got two ex-boyfriends and yeah, that was just a phase, whatever. Full out lesbian for four years. Phase. Dude. Dude could uh, look at a bloke for too long. He's gay forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's nuts. Um, you, can have, you can have a guy who has a gay phase for four years. 
even, even if he was actively bisexual, so he literally slept with a woman on a Wednesday, slept with a dude on a Thursday, slept with a woman on a Friday, and then he's like, yeah, I, I slept with a guy once. Gee, that's just how society is. It's mad. Uh, when we eventually went back to our place, I felt quite tipsy, which helped my nerves. We all started to undress each other, and it was going fine until this man took my hand and my boyfriend's to lead us upstairs. At this point, I bottled it and ran back downstairs, hastily dressed, and escaped into the night. Right, just that's very dramatic. But you've watched too many films, so you've expected your boyfriend to come running after you. Where he's like, I'm going to bang this dude instead. Um, a quick walk around the block helped me to clear my head. And when I got back home, the bloke was only just leaving. Since then, I've, I've wondered if they carried on the party without me. But my boyfriend insists nothing happened. He says he only wanted to watch me with another man and doesn't have any gay tendencies. But how can I be sure? Hmm. You can't be sure. You can't. I mean... His explanation seems pretty straightforward, though, because there, there seems to be quite a few guys who like that. But um, maybe he shouldn't have called it a threesome then. Maybe he should have said, I want to watch you have sex with another guy. Um, but yeah, because to call it a threesome sounds like you are definitely trying to get involved. I don't know. Nuts. Oh, love this. Slim pickings. I can't help but resent my boyfriend since losing a hundred pound and gaining confidence. Jesus. So, so now you've slimmed down. You're the sexy one in the couple. And the power's gone to your head. Because trust me, there's some people, if they haven't been sexy all their life, yeah, they get very resentful when they are sexy. Like They get mad that people want to talk to them. So you didn't like me when I was fat. And, and my nose was attached to the back of my head. But now I've had the surgery to bring my nose to the front of my face. You think I'm sexy. Piss off. Does that. Yeah, you still talk like you've got the nose problem, I see. Anyway, um, dear Deirdre, from my late teens, I was classed as clinically obese. Obese, you know. Why does I say obese? I hate when people say obese. What an idiot. Let's start again. Because I can't, I can't continue. Dear Deirdre, from my late teens, I was classed as clinically obese. But now that I've lost all the excess fat, I can't help but resent my boyfriend. Is your boyfriend fat? This will be mad if your boyfriend's fat. I can understand the resentment then if you've meant like both lose weight together and only you, you, you've lost weight because now you're just stuck with a fatty and a fatty with no intention of not being a fatty. Anyway, let's carry on. I've lost over £100 and look and feel so much better. I'm now a size 16. And have curves in all the right places. I feel like you've had one, two raster man talk to you outside Brixton train station. It's gone to your head. But let's continue. It wasn't easy losing the weight. First of all, I lost 62 pounds after having the gastric band fitted. Then I treated myself to a Fitbit and managed to lose another 40 odd pounds. I'm 29, he's 30. My confidence is back. But I feel so conflicted because my boyfriend is all over me. Oh. He sends me sexy texts and is really loving. But where was he when I was fat? He was there. You just couldn't feel him because there's a lot of you to get to your soul. When you're fat, your soul is harder to touch. Anyway, uh, he never said a thing about my weight. Nothing negative, nothing positive. Even when I asked him, oh my God, so your boyfriend's more attracted to you. Um, and you've got to find a problem in this. I thought, I didn't know where this was going, but if... 
you're you've you've all the insecurities of a fat person but you're not fat to stop it it hurts because i wonder why i didn't get this sort of attention when i was big because he weren't attractive he didn't find you physically attractive he probably liked your personality i feel sad for the fat woman that i was and still carry around with me then you're probably feeling pretty heavy then aren't you all right darren stop with the fat jokes this is not very nice is it this is cruel very cruel uh look let's be real you you've gone for a big transformation or you was fat you're now not fat and you find it hard to cope with how you you know how you're being treated i guess it'd be like if you, you know you were you're black and you wanted to be white and then you was white and then you realize how easy how much easier your life is and you might become resentful for how the world treats black people if you weren't really that aware of how badly black people are treated i assume it'd be something like that i suppose so going through that transition you're gonna get a bit mad but the thing is you're taking out you're taking out because you say you've been clinically obese since school so what you're taking out on your boyfriend is when that group of boys pushed you over you know and you couldn't get back up because you was too fat you're putting that on your boyfriend who you said yourself your boyfriend's never said anything negative nothing positive just got on with life now he's very excited to be with you but like he, he's, he didn't shit on you before and he's just giving you praise now you've made all this effort Imagine if you made all this effort and he just treated you exactly the same. How would your confidence be then? Dreadful. So, look, don't read into it too much, okay? It'd be weird if he was, like, trying to feed you and bust your gastric band just like, they need another slice of cake, babe. I like him big. You know, he's not doing that either. He's literally just... He's gone along your journey with you and he's been supportive and you're finding a problem with that. So, you need to look deep within yourself and now you're not so fat you don't have to look that deep right and find where your happiness is okay but don't get rid of this guy because he was with you when you were fat and now he's with you now you're feeling sexy and confident and you're almost trying to say you're not allowed to be with me because i don't like how much you're excited to be with me when he's been with you when you weren't looking great so behave anyway um Let's see, one more. Right. Ooh, I, I love a bit of family friction. Here we go. Family friction. Sister is harassing me over a house dad left for, left to me in his will when he died. That is mad. If there's two of you, and one of you gets a whole house. And what did the other one get? You get my... I mean, dear Sandra... You get my stamp collection. Now, the stamp collection at the last valuation was only worth £30. However, these stamps mean more to me than anything else in the world. They're so precious. And the only thing that I've ever thought as precious as these stamps were you. Therefore, you get my stamp collection. Sandra's like, oh, that's really sweet. Now, to my son, Matthew. I have always hated this house. It's been a bane of my life. Similar to you. And therefore, I leave you 
this crappy £700,000 house that I cannot stand. I hope it causes you as much issues as possible. <laughs> you left there like, hold on, wait a minute, what? He's like, he, he gets a house. I get stamps. Yeah, but you know, the stamps meant a lot to your father, Sandra. Come on. He's like, I want the bloody house. Oh, I love the house. <laughs> anyway, I'm a 69-year-old man. And I live on my own. My sister's 74. Um, he has also stated that I could live in his house until I died. Wow. Uh, my sister is so desperate to get her hands on the proceeds of the house that she's constantly badgering me to move out. Aha! So the house has been left to you both, but you're allowed to live in it. I get that. Cool. But this is my home. I've lived that here all my life. And I don't ever want to leave. Wait, 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 wait. You're a 69-year-old man and you've lived in the same house all your life, which means you've never moved out of your house. Never moved out of your family home. And you're 69 years old. Jeez. Now, actually, I'm not going to chastise you because maybe one of those ones you've actually took care of your parents. Therefore, if you've put your life on hold, you take care of your parents... You, you deserve to live in the house. I want to know what's happened. I need, I need to know more. Let's see. Um, first of all, she tried to say that the house was in such a bad condition that I should move out for central repairs to be done. Then she sent me a legal sounding sent me legal sounding letters stating I have no right to live in the house. How can I tell her to leave me alone? Uh, I think you need to lawyer up. Find your own solicitor. Provide all the information they need, and then you just tell her, you know, legally, piss off, sis. That's what you do. That's what you do, man. But um, it's mad when people die. If you don't have a will in place, people will fall out. You think your family's all good, and you, even when the will's in place, it's hard to accept a will sometimes. But, um, yeah. I think I've said it on the pod before, my mum's got three kids. She said, yeah, the house will be all three of yours, divided three ways. And I was like, mum, 100% cannot be divided by three equally. <laughs> That's 33.3 recurring. Someone needs a 33.4. Who's getting it? Who's getting the 33.4? I don't know. But, um... Alright, people, that's the end of the pod. Um chatting absolute nonsense for, for long enough. Um, what was I going to say? What what is there to promote? Not to promote really. I guess the first Saturday of of the of November, top secret afternoon show. Still have that. Um, the twelfth of November. Um, go see my boy Travis J uh, live at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Um, that's going to be sick. Um, if, you, if you haven't watched his boxing podcast, the undefeated podcast, go watch that. It's for your casual boxing fans. Him and KG. Um, they've had fantastic guests on there such as Spencer Fearon, Lawrence O'Coley, uh this guy Lennox Lewis I don't know who, who he is um, they've also spoken to Chris Eubank and Chris Eubank Jr. as well when they're in Vegas watching the uh, watching the Wilder fight so they've had some great guests on they have um, a show called Monday Night Smoke where they have a call in so you know it's a good little box community to have, but Travis is having his one-man show, live uh, live show, and he is tremendously funny, very great performer. He's opened for Chappelle, don't forget that. 
and Chappelle says he's amazing. So there you go. Go get tickets for that. Um, so that's Travis J live. Um, and the reason I'm telling you to go get tickets for that is because uh, I might be there as well. I might be there as well. Well, I say I might be. I, I, I'll be there. So I mean performing. So go get your tickets to that. All right. Okay, people. That's the end of the pod. Peace.